0: Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. Tonight, my special guest is Austin O'Brien of the band Ghost Key. If you listen to the Ian Hates Music Weekly Show, you know we brought up Ghost Key many times. I am very happy to have Austin on the show because their brand new album, If I Don't Make It, comes out on February 17th through In Vogue Records. And it is just so damn good. Ghost Key have been extremely busy and we get into all that with Austin. So I don't want to hold you back from that. So let's start off by playing a track from If I Don't Make It. This is their first single. It's called Indecision. Enjoy. Die. And welcome everyone. I am here with Austin O'Brien from the band Ghost Key. Austin, how are you doing tonight?
1: Um, I'm great other than my cat having a meltdown. I heard uh, about that. <laughs> I'm doing doing pretty all right. Very nice. Very nice.
0: Well, I think right away, congrats are in order for signing with Invogue Records. Well done.
1: Thank you, man. Yeah,
0: uh, pretty excited about it. From what I read... You were sitting on the new album, If I Don't Make It. That's coming out on February 17th for around a year, right?
1: Yeah, uh, we recorded the record last year, um, right around the beginning of December. I think all the way up until around the week of Christmas. Uh, And then I went back and finished the record. Uh, We did a couple sessions, like January, and then I think the final session, we finally actually finished the record and closed the book in March. Okay. Uh, and then we have had final mixes since probably May. Uh, so I've I've had a finished record in my hands for well over six months. Wow. So you've really been waiting for the 17th for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't really know when it was like going to come out. We didn't have a label or anything that we had in mind who was mm-hmm. going to release it. So as far as I knew for a really long time... We were just sitting on it and it wasn't really going to go anywhere. So, the fact that we have like a release date and even better that the release date is in like two weeks right. is just sort of mind blowing. For sure.
0: Now, was it the whole search for a label why you were waiting for that or was it something else?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the reason that we kind of searched around for a label and stuff was uh, at the suggestion of our manager. And I mean, he was the one that took care of everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he said, like, you know, he was going to shop it around and stuff, uh, which is, like, pretty par for the course uh, as far as, like, records and, and you know, all the behind-the-scenes stuff goes. But, yeah, that was sort of his plan for the whole thing. Uh, so we knew from the get-go that it was probably going to be a while. We just didn't know that it was going to be uh, a year. Gotcha. What was that criteria that you were looking for in the label? Um, I mean, like, uh, a pretty big philosophy f- for our band as a whole is we just like want to work with people who we would want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, obviously there are other criteria, like, you we're not like looking for people who are just like super unprofessional, but like are cool people. But we just want to like work with people who are just as interested in what we're doing as we are and Mm -hmm. like just as invested. Um, and we talked to a few labels and I'm not going to name any names, but, uh, there were there were a few labels that like sort of acted interested, but uh, when it like really came down to it, and like we tried to like talk to them and like sort of tell them like what our plans were for the after the record came out and like how we wanted to do things. Um, they just sort of wanted to do it their way. And like, mm-hmm. I totally understand that. That's not a big deal. Sure. Um, but yeah, they they just didn't seem like they would be invested in it uh, the way that Nick from Invogue was because. Right. Uh, when we reached out, uh, he had emailed Taylor back almost immediately. Uh, Taylor is our manager. Yeah, yeah, I've been speaking uh, with em- him. Word, okay, yeah, so you know him. Um, but yeah, emailed him back like almost immediately, and was like, "Yes, I'm super interested. Like, I've been following the band for a while, yes. and uh, like right away, it was just like, okay, this is this is sort of like what we want. So like, let's pursue this, uh, and obviously, it ended up with what we're at now." Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great thing to hear because yeah, I've heard nothing
0: but good things about In Vogue. So it's great that you can kind of have control over what you want and then also he's totally interested in what you're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean so far so good, man. Uh he reaches out to us uh, just to like kind of let us know how how the records looking, like what pre-orders are looking like mm-hmm. or or even like I mean, he's just been sending emails and messages like telling us how excited he is and like how he can't wait for the record to come out and they like, can't wait for us to go on tour and like mm-hmm. for people to hear it and like hear what they think and and so like it's it's really cool. He, he feels invested or it feels like he's invested and and it feels like he cares and I think he does really care a lot. yeah, that sounds it. and you know on that note, you are getting ready.
0: you're gearing up for your tour with Hail the Sun, Day Seeker, and Silent Planet. What's your favorite thing that you're looking forward to with going out on that tour?
1: Uh, I mean, there's a few things, honestly. Silent Planet is a band that we toured with just briefly. Uh, mm-hmm. We did a little run with them in Beartooth and uh, was a band that I wasn't really paying attention to for a long time. Um, it just kind of flew under my radar for whatever reason. Sure. And after we saw them live, uh, I was immediately sold on them. And then like, just getting to know them and and... Uh, hang out with him every day. it It very quickly uh, was apparent that, like we were gonna probably be friends. and That's And nice. I hadn't really listened to the band much, but I knew the things that Garrett talked about, uh, just from hearing from friends and stuff. And so I, I had already respected him in that regard. And I, I tell people this all the time. It's super weird. But I had tweeted, I think, like almost two years ago, um, that I respected him as a person, and that, like one day, I really looked forward. To like talking with him face to face Mm -hmm. because I really like the things that he advocates for. And so, like, the fact that we ended up on that tour and then now we're about to do a headliner with them kind of blows my mind. Right. Uh, And the second thing that I'm really stoked about is when their record came out, uh, and I still listen to it like two, three times a week. Oh, yeah. It gave me the same feeling that They're Only Chasing Safety did by Under Oath. Ah, sure. So. And I I don't know what that means to, like, a lot of people or, or like, how to describe that feeling. But it it was just, like, it felt so fresh and so new. And it it felt like it was just exactly what it needed to be and exactly what I needed to hear Mm -hmm. at the the right time, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, like, watching them play those songs every night. Yeah, and
0: this is their absolute first headliner, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know they've done, like, some little you know, here in their shows, but they've never done like a full US headliner like this before.
0: No, that's amazing. And yeah, everything with sound is an absolute masterpiece. Like we've been talking about that for the whole 2016 of how amazing that album is. So yeah, (laughs) you are very lucky to be in the spot that you are to be able to see them live anytime that you want coming up soon, so that's great. Yeah, man, I'm I'm really, really stoked about it. Yeah, I had uh, Garrett on the show actually, and that's still one of my all-time favorite conversations
1: yeah, yeah, man. He's full of information. Uh and, and I always tell people he's just like one of the most gentle people I've ever met. It doesn't matter if like you disagree with him or not, like he the way he carries himself and the way he talks to people, it's just like full of love.
0: Agreed. And it seems like obviously you're going out with a band that you respect. If you had a choice though in the future, if you were putting together a show that you really wanted to play on, what
1: kind of bands would you like to be on that tour with you? Um I mean, it's, it's like hard because I definitely like want to say like, oh, I want to bring my friends out and, and yada, yada, sure. but there are like a lot of bands that I look up to a lot. Um, and there are bands who are pretty much the reason that I'm in a band. Mm-hmm. So I, I think aside from like just doing like a, like a full homie tour where it's just like all my friends hanging out, Sure. uh, there are three bands that I would take on tour. Um, even though the they all are disbanded, uh, and it's Killing the Dream, <laughs> Verse, and The Carrier. The Carrier oh, yes. my all-time favorite hardcore band, Sure. Um, as are Killing the Dream and Verse. But The Carrier's at the top for me. Uh, and if I could take those bands on tour and watch them play the songs that they play every night that mean as much to me as they do, uh, I would probably be fulfilled as far as my musical career goes. So those three bands were those your main
0: influences for getting into the type of music that you're playing right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up on, uh, I grew up on pretty much like a all heavy music in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I'm, I'm a big fan of like everything metalcore and, and hardcore and what, you know, what have you, but those were, especially the carrier, uh, those were like the first hardcore bands that I like really found myself in, and like that I heard what they were saying and like could really identify with everything that they were saying. Sure. Uh, because I felt like a lot of the times I would hear hardcore bands and they were just like mad, but <laughs> I didn't know what they were mad about. Right. And and that's fine. Like, there's a place for that. I'm not knocking them. But uh, when I was reading the lyrics to "Blind to What Is Right" by The Carrier, mm-hmm. um, as as somebody who didn't fully understand uh, that I was, like, dealing with depression. Uh, reading the things that Anthony says on the record uh, about how he feels was just, like, eye-opening to me. That makes total sense. I know you've talked
0: about it, dealing with depression and everything, but that certainly comes out in the new album as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of always been a theme in our music. Mm-hmm. What we wanted to do was sit down and, like, try to say everything all at once and, like, just kind of let it out. Um, writing before, I was always a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I was like afraid to say everything I wanted to say because I was afraid of what people would think. Um, but yeah, with this record, it's definitely like, I mean, it's it's, it's as gritty as it gets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm like down to the dirt, and I'm talking about stuff that I don't normally bring up in everyday conversation that I I'm not always comfortable talking about with even people. Um, you know. Blood, blood-related with. So, sure. uh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a tough record, but it's really important to me, and I'm, I'm glad that I went the direction lyrically that I did. I was lucky enough to be able to go through the new album, and it is
0: raw, emotional. It's open, and it is just a really, really great
1: album, man. Thank you. I, I, uh, I always tell people it's really hard to hear people tell you that what you make is good, sure. but like. I'll probably tell you a million more times, like I really genuinely appreciate it because we never thought that anybody would care about anything we were doing. Um, So the fact that anybody does it all is awesome. The fact that people are excited to hear something that I've made that's not even come out yet, uh, like blows my mind. And I know it blows all the other guys' mind
0: too. Yeah, those singles that you released already, we've talked about them on the show for the last few
1: weeks or so. Damn! Like, now I feel like a clown because I haven't even listened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, the amount of hours of, of random shit that I'm putting out there, believe me, I would not expect anyone to listen. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I just want to make sure when I do these shows is that I'm putting out music that I love and that it's music that the people who are doing it are showing that passion as well. And that's what I think really comes across with your new album. It's very open, and I think that's my favorite part of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that that's what you get out of it, because that's like honestly the most important thing. I always joke, and I always tell people like, we're not great musicians. Uh, <laughs> we, we, I mean, we play power chords. Like, it's 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 not for us. It's not about like writing the riff or mm-hmm. like writing. You know the most technical part, uh, as much pressure as it is, like I feel like the other four guys pretty much just depend on me to like tell my story, okay, and that's all they want from me, and that's like what the record is. Well, that's interesting. If
0: you wouldn't mind going into that kind of writing process, how does it work in the band? Do you write those lyrics, or do you have a direction that you're looking to go in, and then the band kind of fills in around that, or do Do you all write the music together and then you're responsible for the lyrics?
1: Yeah, um, so we do it, I guess, as old-fashioned as it is. Uh, Like the just classic, like getting in a practice space, everybody just cranks their amps Mm -hmm. and like we riff. And uh, a lot of times what ends up happening is like somebody comes up with one riff and then we'll just sort of build around it or like we'll come up with like one thing we know we want to do in the song, whether it's like a breakdown or like somebody has an idea for like a bridge part and then we'll just try to build a song around that. Everybody contributes. Uh like our drummer will write a riff and give it to our guitarist or or like I'll write a riff and I'll give it to them or somebody has an idea for like a drum part like they'll they'll try to like clue him in on it. Like it's super collaborative, mm-hmm. but it's also incredibly frustrating. Oh, okay. Because just like with writing lyrics, like when you write you know, you try to write a song like that's an extension of yourself. And like, that's something that you're putting a lot of time and effort into. And sometimes it's not always the best thing or everybody else thinks that, you know, not, not everybody likes the riff that you wrote that much, or not everybody likes the chorus that you wrote that much. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. Uh, Like there have been some, some deep cuts, uh, some nights because Somebody doesn't like one thing, and then we kind of get in an argument about it because it's it's really easy to take offense when somebody's critiquing uh, your art. Oh, sure. But but I think the record is all the better for it because all those like fights and those arguments and and like all that pushing that we've done to to finish it, like uh, I think it shows in the final product. It
0: absolutely does. When you're out on tour, just on that note, do you also fight about the
1: set list? No, actually. Okay. Uh, that's that's something we're usually like pretty in agreement on, uh, especially like with all these new songs. For whatever reason, it just sort of worked out when we sat down and made the set list for uh, the the Silent Planet tour. Mm-hmm. We pretty much all wanted to play the same songs. Oh, that's great. I, I think there was like maybe one or one or two of us who like wanted one other song or like one different song, but we pretty much all had the same idea as far as a set list. Uh, we definitely wanted to play less old material and more new material, and we all agree on what songs we think on the record are gonna be the most fun to play, and those are the ones that we're gonna end up playing. Have you actually played any of the new tracks live in front of anyone yet? Yeah, so we've been playing Indecision now for almost a year. It'll oh, be okay. a year in March. Um, because we thought the record was gonna come out way earlier. Right. Um, so we started playing that song on our the second Beartooth tour, mm-hmm. the, the one we just recently did last March and uh yeah so we we started playing that song because we were like oh the record's gonna be out soon like it'll be cool to like kind of tease it or whatever (laughs) you know it's like it kind of became a part of our set list and then we realized the record wasn't coming out we were like well the song's really fun to play and like even if people don't give a shit like we're just gonna keep playing it because we're we're having a good time with it right um but it's been cool because people like had asked about it and they're like oh is that like a new song and um but yeah, that's the only song we played live in okay. front of everybody. Uh, we practiced all the songs together in a room for the first time uh, a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. So that was kind of a wild experience just because I'm so used to listening to I, I think everybody is so used to listening to the record. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to feel everything out like in a live environment. And and that's sort of where we made our decision on the set list. It's just like, you know, this song feels really good this song feels like it might not be like really good live or, or whatever. Um, so, and that's like where we really like solidified everything. Is there
0: any specific song that you're really looking forward to kind of premiering in that new set list?
1: Solstice. Ah, uh, there go. Hands down. Sure. I said it when we released a song. Super tough to write uh, just because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to write about. Uh, and I, I kind of waited down to the wire on that one. Uh, I wrote the lyrics for that in the studio. Um, didn't want to record it. I wasn't a fan of it musically either. Uh, I just, I don't know, something about it didn't stick with me when I heard it the first million times or whatever, and then, uh, like I said earlier, I went back uh, a couple more times to finish it up, and we actually finished that song. That was the last song we finished on the record, and I remember the whole time we were recording it, I kept telling myself in my head that it was bad, and I didn't like it, that I didn't want to record it, and... I remember sitting down that very last day, and it was just me and our engineer. And he played it back for me in, in like its like, roughest form. And I was like, damn, this is actually kind of cool. And he was like, yo, I, I, think, it's, I think it's sick. Like, I, I think you should, you should try a little harder to get behind it. And he sent me the demo, and I literally listened to the demo mm-hmm. every day for like two months. Whew. And I fell in love with the song. Very nice. Um, I think maybe just because it it's kind of a risk for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've never sang before. We've never had any form of like singing. And we've certainly never had like full-blown choruses. Right. So I think that was part of the reason I was really nervous about it. But I, I love that song. And it's going to be really tough to do live because, I, like I said, I've never done that live. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, really excited. And I'm hoping that people will know the words uh, right. and it'll make it all the much better. No, that'd be awesome. And yeah, that is another great track. Just going
0: off of what you just mentioned, when did you decide you were able to do the unclean vocals the way that you do them? Did you ever have voice lessons? how did you know this is what you wanted to do?
1: Um, so pretty much going back to the beginning of the band, I was supposed to play drums. Okay. Um, I was not supposed to do vocals at all. I had no interest in doing it because... At the time, I really, really hated the idea of, like, having to be in front and, Mm -hmm. like, saying things. So, yeah, that, like, was not on the table for me at all. Um, And our friend Jeff was about to move to Columbus, Ohio. And our friend Andrew, who is now obviously our drummer, has Mm -hmm. been for however long, um, wanted to play drums in a band that wasn't his metalcore band at the time. Okay. And so Jeff was like, "Okay, well you're going to do vocals cuz I'm leaving and then Andrew will just play drums." And I was like, "No, I don't <laughs> think so." And I ended up getting conned into it cuz I really wanted to be in this band and yeah. uh just decided to make it work. The first few years of me doing vocals uh just bad, just <laughs> just all sorts of bad. Um I didn't know what I was doing. Like I I I'd, I'd never yelled before. Um That's I it. I've been in chorus from fifth grade all the way to my senior year of high school. So I was like used to traditional like classic singing. Right. Um yeah, definitely had never yelled before. Um was not interested. Didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was blowing my vocal cords out like every night the first few tours. Right. Uh it hurt a lot. Actually within the past two years I like sort of figured it out like, oh well this doesn't hurt, so I'm just gonna do it this way. Ah uh, uh, okay. And yeah, yeah. So it's it's like a really stupid thing. And it sucks because kids are always like, hey, man, how do you how do you do vocals like that? And I'm like, dude, I wish I could tell you, but I, I don't have an answer for you. You can definitely tell it's raw, but you're able to keep that
0: note for a certain period of time that sounds really good. So Thanks, whatever man. you're doing, yeah, it's
1: working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's like where I'm at. I'm just like, well, I don't know what it is, but it's working. So like, we'll just keep doing that.
0: So did you take actual drumming lessons before then? Were you a drummer when you were going into the band?
1: Uh, I was a drummer. Uh, Chris and I, our guitarists, were in two other bands before this. We were in a really bad band <laughs> called Outlaw that okay. uh, sounded like Madball, but like way worse. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and then we were in a power violence band together for like a couple years. And really? Ryan, our bassist, was in and out of that band with us. Um, so I I'd played drums for years. I learned how to play drums off rock bands. Like I'm not gonna front. I'm not like a pro or anything. Um, it's something I I like really enjoy doing. I don't get to do it much anymore because I live in an apartment in Chicago. But um, yeah, I I was definitely a drummer, and that's like what I wanted to do for sure. Uh, but I kind of play everything, you know. I I like dabble on the guitar and um all that. But yeah, definitely, if I had my choice, I would have just played drums and like shut my mouth for sure.
0: (laughs) Well. I am glad that you made the transition because otherwise I don't think we'd have this album that
1: we have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely me too. I looking back, like, you know, obviously that was the best choice because this has changed my life for the better. But at the time, I was very, very much anti uh, vocals. Right, right. Well, you
0: said before that the band started in Peoria, Illinois, right? Yep. And now you're in Chicago. What's the scene like in Chicago? I've visited there before, and I really like the city. But how is the actual music scene there? Do you go to live shows when you can?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't get the chance to go to many shows uh, in the city because when we're not touring, I usually work like six or seven days a week, and I work like 10-hour days. Gotcha. Um, but I, I get to catch a show every now and then, especially like when friends are on tour uh, and they come through. My biggest problem is the city is so big Mm -hmm. and there's so much going on all the time that it's kind of hard to keep up. Right. Um, so the smaller shows are kind of hard to hear about and the bigger shows, uh, aren't always like the best ones to go to just because like there's a barrier and it's like a huge venue or whatever. Um, but the shows that I have gone to, uh, are, they're always sick. Um. Whether it's like a 30-person hardcore show uh, at like Subterranean downstairs, which is like a 100-cap venue, yeah. um, or it's like a big show upstairs. I saw Basement in Superheaven oh. uh, upstairs at the Subterranean. Uh, it was sold out, no barrier. Uh, the stage is like three feet tall, oh, and yeah. it was like absolutely nuts. Um, and it was a great show. That was like probably one of the best shows I've ever been to. Very nice. Any shows you're looking forward to coming up this year? Um, yeah, actually. Uh, so my girlfriend and I just bought tickets to the newfound glory, uh, yeah. like anniversary tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to the night that they're playing catalyst mm-hmm. and I'm trying. what's the second record that they're playing that night? I'm I'm almost certain that it's nothing gold can stay. But. It
0: probably is. I think I'm going to that one too because I'm going to two of the nights, and I know. Oh, okay. They're covering yeah four different albums during that time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
1: yeah. I'm a huge Newfound Glory fan. Uh, that's like one of my favorite bands, and uh, it'll be really cool because I've only seen them two other times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I, I haven't heard them play a lot of the songs out catalyst which is the first record i ever got from them so oh, okay really really stoked about that
0: yeah that's great same here as well are you going to since you mentioned under oath are you going to
1: try and make the Beartooth under oath bring me the horizon show we are on tour um the whole time uh, or when it's anywhere near us gotcha it's it's actually they're playing like a mile away from my apartment okay um it's pretty infuriating, uh, sure. only because, like our manager Taylor, so he plays in Beartooth, mm-hmm. um, he knows that Underoath is like one of my favorite bands, Right. And so it just really sucks to see <laughs> your best like one of your best friends go on tour with one of your favorite bands. Right. and know that like you can't be there. <laughs> um, I'm really excited for them. That's like, honestly, the coolest thing ever. but there's a little part of me that it, it, it hurts a little bit. I
0: can, I can understand that. Yeah, that tour is going to be pretty insane as well.
1: Yeah, man, that's wild. And, and like, honestly, like, just like props to Beartooth. Like, I love that band, and that band's like done so much for us, and it's so sick to see them just like get on real tours.
0: Oh, yeah. No, the way they started, I mean, I literally just spoke to Johnny Frank a couple days ago. Yeah, for the show. So we were talking about the old Attack Attack days, and he was talking about Caleb, and it's just insane to think of what they're doing now when Caleb didn't even seem to care about that kind of popularity and Beartooth yeah. just kills it every time.
1: Yep, Dude, it just like goes to show though that if you just like focus on what you're about and being what you're about instead of like trying to win the popularity contest or trying to climb the ladder that like people see that you're genuine right. and, and that's like something I've noticed with our band too. Like mm-hmm. people know when you're being real and they give way more of a shit when you're real, as opposed to like getting on stage and like putting on a face and like trying to project like this lame persona. Right. It, it, it's it's like it's super common, and like I feel like people are just kind of wising up to it. Um, but yeah, like bare is a testament to that. Like just be real and like do what you do, and like don't care about anything else. And if you're if what you have is worth hearing, like people are gonna hear it totally agree with that and that kind of brings us back full circle to
0: the new album as well with how open you are in that one with being as real as you are have you gotten that positive feedback from people that have been able to listen to at least those first few tracks
1: yeah man um i've had friends and like strangers even uh like reaching out and this is like something that we've always encouraged and something we've always been about and like going forward it it's not going to change but uh like our, our music is obviously me telling my story, but like I want it to be everyone else's story just as much as mine. And like I want people to find themselves in what we do just the same way that I find myself in it. And when people like reach out and they feel comfortable enough to like share what the song means to them or like how they identify with it or or, or anything like that, like just when they reach out and have a conversation with us, like that's the most important thing. And it always has been. Um, And like, yeah, I I, I just can't say it enough. Like that that really is something that like we always, always, always try to encourage is like a dialogue between us and the people that listen to us because that's important to us. It's important to hear what they feel and what they think uh, because, I mean, if they didn't have opinions on what we did, I mean, let's be real, like we wouldn't be a band. Absolutely. So you had mentioned earlier... That when you were
0: writing the album, you were a little bit afraid to open up about all the things that you wanted to talk about. What was the catalyst to actually push you in that direction to really go forward on this first like debut full-length album?
1: Uh, I mean, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. Uh, but I, I can say that probably the number one thing is uh, what indecision is about. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I can't even really remember like the time frame on it, but there was a period last year uh, where I was like oh, you know it would have been right before the Beartooth tour. Okay. Sorry, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> uh last year we did a tour with Bear Tooth in March. Mm-hmm. Uh that was not the first tour that we did with Bear Tooth. Right. The first tour we did with them was the uh same similar routing uh the year before, uh except it was mostly house shows. Okay. Right before getting that tour, um, that would have been 2015, Mm -hmm. I was sort of on the verge of like hanging it up as far as like being in a band. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of reasons behind it. Uh, but a lot of it was sort of the pressure that I put on myself to like be an example. Uh, like I've always just like wanted people to respect me and like, I care a lot about what people think a lot of the time. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to sort of be an example of like what it means to succeed. And Uh, I was at a period where like I was broke, um, beyond broke. And uh, I felt like I was sort of like letting a lot of people down and letting myself down in the process. And so uh, I had internally had a conversation with myself for a few weeks about whether or not like I was going to keep doing this and whether or not it was worth it. And uh, we got a call or I got a call from Ah, uh, the other guy that helps manage our band his names Tom Gutches. Uh, mm-hmm. we call him Gator. Uh, <laughs> he gave me a call and was like, "Hey, man, like,, uh, you might know who I am. I'm sure Taylor's brought my name up a couple times. Um, like, we want you to do this tour with Beartooth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Taylor had been my friend for a long time, but I never expected him to like want to take us on tour. Like I, it just we have nothing to offer. Uh, <laughs> like, monetarily like you know we're not gonna sell tickets like people aren't gonna come see the band nobody's ever heard of like on a bear tooth tour so like it just didn't make a lot of sense to me but it was sort of the catalyst Mm -hmm. like you you know that that's the reason that i think i i kind of snapped out of it because i was like okay well now now i'm seeing the value because i think other people see the value yeah and it sort of opened my eyes and because of that tour because we did that tour uh I backed off on that idea and then ended up scrapping it all together uh, and I'm glad I did right. but yeah that that was sort of the moment where I was like okay well um we're about to release this record uh but like what am I going to do with the next one and so like we had already finished the things I am not and mm-hmm. I was already thinking about the next record right Right. And, right. And, and, and what I was going to do and how I was going to make it that much more real. And uh, so I, I think that's like where it started.
0: So then your mindset for those original EPs and this album were very different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the EP, uh, I love that record a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I, 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 it has like some of my favorite songs I've ever written on it. But it was not as honest as I wanted it to be. Okay. Um, and and there are, I mean, don't get me wrong, like there's material in there that like is pretty rough, I mean, even to this day uh we we haven't we've only played choir boy once uh, ever okay uh because the subject matter is just like not something that i I'm like fully willing to confront a lot of the time, sure, um, but a lot of it was like kind of easy to get through, uh mm-hmm. like the other songs were, and so I guess. My whole thing was like, okay, well, I don't think it should be this easy. Because if if it's easy, then I'm not thinking enough about it. I see. Uh, This is supposed to be hard, you know. So I made it harder. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I made it harder on myself for sure. <laughs> That's a really good way of looking
0: at it. I like that you were able to push yourself to really put yourself out there and change and not kind of fall into that trend that there are certainly bands that do. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But it's good to hear that. And I did have a question from one of the other previous EPs, the one with the Roman numerals, 2013 to
1: 2014. Yeah, yeah.
0: You brought over attention to detail from that we EP did. to the new album. What did. was your thought process for that one?
1: Um, so to just touch on, on uh, I guess, the Roman numeral thing yeah, uh, or, or whatever. <laughs> like, What do you call that uh, normally? We, we always just call it, like, the compilation. So the reason that even exists uh, is our friend Josh, who runs a really small label called Rooftop Records, mm-hmm. and it's basically just a pet project for him to put out music for his friends. Okay. Uh, and, and not really much of anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one that originally paid to put out our first... We call it a demo. Everyone else calls it an EP. Sure. Uh, so I don't know what it is at this point, but... Um, <laughs> He was the one that paid to put out the tapes for that. And uh, what had happened is after that came out, we wrote Attention to Detail in 333 Mm -hmm. for a six-way split that we were supposed to do uh, with a bunch of really cool bands. And what ended up happening is one band dropped out, and then they tried to replace that band, and then that band was taking too long. And and it sort of just kind of snowballed into like, okay, we're just not going to do this anymore because it's just too much of a commitment and like we can't get everybody on board at the same time so we had those two songs sitting around um and so it was his idea when spotify started to become like a a, like more of a platform he was like okay well you know we didn't do like a physical release for those um so like let's just put those songs with the demo songs and then just put it all on spotify and we'll just call it like your first two years as a band or whatever ah Um, that's where okay yeah yeah so that's what that is that's why that exists uh I don't get to tell people that enough, so they think that's like our first record or right, whatever. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- that exists because of that reason. Um, the reason that we brought attention to detail over, and we were actually going to do 333 as well, but we uh, kind of last minute decided not to. Okay. Um, those songs never got a physical release. Right. Um, and we really wanted to put them, at least one of them out mm-hmm. uh, on a physical medium, just because we all kind of felt like those were the two songs that people really started to pay attention to okay. and just kind of wanted to do him justice. Uh, and then another reason is we've had a lot of guitarists. Uh, we're on number four <laughs> who has been around now for I think three or four years. Um, so like he's been around longer than he hasn't. But when we wrote Attention to Detail in 333, our friend Sam was in the band and uh, he was like really looking forward to putting those songs out physically mm-hmm. too. And so it was just kind of a thing for us to be like, okay, well, you know, you did help a lot. And, like, he really did do a lot for us uh, Mm -hmm. in the time that he was in the band. I mean, it was only six months, but he helped us write those two songs, and that was huge. Uh, So part of the reason that we re-recorded it, too, was just, like, for him. Okay. And and not really anybody else. Um, I hope people listen to it. I'm not saying that, you know. But uh, the biggest thing for us was, like, we wanted to do right by him uh, mm-hmm. and and I think it'll be really cool to like finally hand him a record that has his name in the booklet that has a song that he helped us write on it, right.
0: Now, that's awesome. And also, how did you go about changing the composition of the track too? Because it's not just a re-release or a re-record of that. It seems like you had yeah, to yeah. change some things around,
1: yeah. so we changed it a little bit uh, and and really, what it came down to was how do we play it live? And okay. that's like, basically how we recorded the song was we were like okay well we've been playing this song live for like a few years and we don't really play it the same way that it was recorded so like this time around let's play it that's the way that's like more true to what we do now as opposed to before okay um so like the version you hear now is is a lot closer to the way we play it live um that being said it's not even on our set list anymore we did want to we we wanted to make it a little different uh just so it wasn't we took the same song and like slapped it on the record right. you know i guess let's actually go back to what you
0: had just mentioned as well how did the band come together you've had now you're on your fourth guitarist how did yeah. you kind of all get together and decide to go into that kind of emotional melodic hardcore i guess is what you would probably call it right
1: yeah yeah so like i said before chris and i were in two bands together mm-hmm. um and then Andrew was in a metalcore band. Uh, Ryan was in a hardcore band called Heavy Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happened was uh, Heavy Hearts was going to break up. Uh, their vocalist was going to college or something. Andrew's metalcore band, he just like wanted to play something different. Chris and I were trying to start a youth crew band. Oh, okay. Uh, which... At the time, I was still straight edge, Bayless uh, still is, mm-hmm. um, so we were going to start a straight edge like, youth crew band, okay. and we were the only two members, we needed a bassist, and uh, we needed a vocalist, well, we couldn't find a vocalist, um, but Ryan was like, okay, well, I'm going to start, like, we're starting this band, and, like, we need a drummer, so, like, if you want to come, like, practice, like, maybe we can meet in the middle, and, like, We'll try to write some songs and like see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we practiced like a few practices. Our friend Chris Elliott showed up to two practices as our first ever uh, official second guitarist, and he showed up with like a Roland cube <laughs> and a and a Schecter, like really cheap Schecter guitar. Was it a Diamond uh, Series? It was a Diamond Series. Yes, uh, I eventually owned that guitar for a period of time. Nice, but yeah. So he showed up to the first two practices and. Then he just stopped showing up. I'm not really sure why. I can't remember. Um, and so we ended up recruiting uh, our friend Tyler uh, mm-hmm. after we had practiced a few times. And Andrew finally became the drummer, uh, and I ended up getting stuck doing vocals. Right. We recruited our friend Tyler, who was in a post-rock band called Mammoths oh. Uh who are from the same area as us? They're not a band anymore, but a great band okay. uh, with a, a great discography. Uh, and before Tyler, we had been a band uh, just as a four piece because we couldn't get anybody to play second guitar. And so we wrote like a bunch of really bad songs and they all sounded <laughs> like they were from different bands. Sure. Uh, and then we covered Suicide File for oh. like a while, which was kind of cool, but. Uh, I don't know it was super bad and (laughs) it was fun and like whatever we recruited Tyler as like our first official like second guitarist and he showed up with like a bunch of pedals Mm -hmm. and that was like a new world for us uh Uh, Bayless was running straight into his head and you know it was just that's how it was and uh yeah Tyler came in with like a bunch of pedals and he was like, well, like, I don't know, I have all these pedals, like, I'm in this post-rock band, like, we can do this thing. And so he started, like, laying reverb and, like, all this, like, we just never even thought of this before. Right. Um, and then he dipped out because we wanted to go on tour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't, he, he, I think he played, like, two or three shows with us, and then he, like, helped us write these really sick songs, or, you know, at the time we thought they were, like, the sickest thing ever. <laughs> and, like honestly it was the whole reason that we started using all the pedals that we mm-hmm. did and then we wanted to go on tour and he dipped out <laughs> so uh yeah we went through him and then our friend kobe uh who's in a band from peoria currently called drained uh okay. which is an amazing band uh, okay. and everyone should check that band out Absolutely. and then after kobe uh we had sam and sam was in the band for about six months right. um and then he couldn't hang around uh, mostly just because like the financial commitment. Right. And then Stephen joined the band. Uh, Steven was in a metalcore band from Bloomington. He's actually from about forty-five minutes away from where we're from. Uh, he was in a metalcore band. For some reason, he thought we hated him. <laughs> uh, I, I think we like played a show together, and his vocalist, who's like a friend of ours now, at the time said something really stupid because he was like sixteen. Oh, sure. uh and yeah, so he thought we hated him. Um but I posted on Facebook like hey, like we're going on tour and like we need a guitarist. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a message and he asked me if I'm If I remember correctly, he said, "Can I try out?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, I, don't, I don't I don't really think that's like what we're doing. I think we're just trying to find our friend like play guitar, but like nobody else had said anything." So, I hit my band up and I was like, "Yo, uh, cause I, I had just moved to Chicago mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, like this kid that I kinda know wants to come like practice. He says he knows the songs. Um, so like I don't know, give it a shot. And he went and practiced with them and they texted me like not even five minutes after he left and they were like, dude, honestly, he's sick. There you go. And I was like, What? And they were like <laughs> Like yeah, he he can play the songs and also he's just super cool. And so we, I texted him the next day. I was like, hey man, I guess like you can just play guitar for us. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and that's like how we got our current lineup, and it hasn't
0: changed since. How did you decide on the actual tone of the music that you wanted to play? Because it seems like you mentioned metalcore bands, and you would think if you all got together, maybe you were gonna do metalcore. But you're definitely not metalcore. So how did that kind of come about?
1: Yeah, um, I mean we we all. We've all gone to shows for a long time together. Uh, and the way that Peoria has kind of always worked is, like, the kids who are into hardcore still go to the metalcore shows. And, like, the mm-hmm. kids who are in metalcore still go to the hardcore shows. And, so, like, everybody goes to each other's shows. It's it's never been, like, really segregated mm-hmm. like it is everywhere else. Right. Um, and so we all knew each other. But as far as, like, tastes go in the band, we all like different things. I, uh, I mean, Andrew listens to, like... A ton of like trap rap oh. uh, like he doesn't stop talking about trap rap on tour <laughs> uh, Bayless is like favorite bands are like nails oh. uh, and like behemoth oh, yeah. uh, I mean he's into hardcore too but like his favorite bands are like extreme uh, on I guess on like the metal spectrum right um, yeah So so everyone like has different tastes and I think the reason that we started writing what we did is Number one, like I said, our first guitarist came in with pedals, right. and that was just like a whole new world for us. Um, and so after that, we started to play around with pedals more, and we all kind of agreed that, like, we really like post rock. Okay. Uh, I mean, this will destroy you, <laughs> you know, like bands like that. Um, we were all super into them. I, I think Envy got brought up, like, a bunch okay. uh, in the early stages of the band. But yeah, so we were like, okay, cool. So, like, we're going to buy pedals. Like, that's. That's like what we're going to do. And then I think when we started writing music, I was like, yo, this kind of sounds like The Carrier. Gotcha. And then from there, I was like trying to just steer the ship, I guess. Sure. Like I was like, okay, well, like now I've got it in my head that this sounds like my favorite band. So we're just going to try to do this. And I'm just going to try to steer that direction like <laughs> any way I can. And it just, yeah, it, it turned out that like, we all kind of agreed and that we liked what we were doing. And and I think it's cool because like all the pedals and stuff give us like it's something different. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, we don't just get stuck like writing like power chord breakdowns and and stuff like that. So I think one of the biggest reasons that we even decided to make the music that we make or or make the certain sound that we make is just because we use pedals and that like opens it up so much for us and it's like so much more fun. So, Like I mean, it's just music. It boils back down to like it's it's a good time. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to see how happy you are about you know making the
0: band and continuing on. I do want to ask you though, when you were doing your mulling over of whether this was for you or not, what were you going to do if you decide to walk away from music?
1: I was gonna go back to school. Actually, that was like my. Or what I thought was like my big epitome that is, you know, I was going to quit the band and I was going to go back to school. Um, I only have done two semesters of community college. uh, And something that I've been interested in a long time is like film. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I was going to quit the band and I was either going to go to school, uh, and try to get a degree in film. Um, or I was going to look at, uh, like video game design. And that's something I'm still interested in something that I kind of dabble in by myself, Mm -hmm. just like when I'm sitting around alone, but like mom, I'm sure my girlfriend remembers, but, uh, we did like the whole school visit thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like signing papers, uh, talking about loans, everything. My, my mom came up to Chicago to take the tour with us. And, um, yeah, so like it, it was like fully a thing, and it was gonna be a thing, uh, and then I backed out last minute. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs>
0: well, since you are so interested in film, would you want to do the music videos for the band as well, maybe?
1: Uh, yeah, it, it's it's something that I like try to pay a lot of attention to when we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time like we do a music video, I get to like stand around and talk to the you know the guys doing it about camera gear and shots Mm -hmm. and yada, yada, yada. And so like I get to nerd out with them a little bit. Um, We bought a GoPro uh, like two years ago um, and I get to make all the videos for that. Uh, Usually I just do like every, I think it's like usually twice a year. I'm trying to get better about it, um, but I do like the tour update videos for us and I get to sit at home and edit those uh, and I have a lot of fun doing that. And I am planning on eventually upgrading to like a DSLR and, and try to do like more high quality content for us. Cause not only do I have a really good time with like all the film stuff, but, uh, I think that it's really cool for us as a band to be able to engage people in a different medium. Right. Um, I, I I've always loved like watching bands tour update videos or like just videos of them hanging out. And like, then now you have like Facebook, you can do Facebook live and stuff like that. Like okay. the more that we can engage with people and, in any medium is is better like you know if we can do music videos like that's sick we can do video just videos of us talking facebook mm-hmm. live like in uh, podcasts right. i i think that like any medium that we can reach out to people is is a medium that we should explore absolutely yeah if you guys do a couple of facebook lives of the
0: shows coming up with silent planet that would be amazing
1: yeah uh we've actually and we have done that before uh mm-hmm. we played warp tour over the summer yep. and we live streamed our set from that uh yeah yeah it it's definitely something that we like doing because it's cool. it's cool to see people like react online and and you know not everybody can make it out to the show or maybe like you know if if we're lucky enough, you're halfway across the world and you want to watch anyway right. uh it's really cool um and actually, we just talked to our manager yesterday uh and we're gonna do a Facebook Live thing from the Invogue Records page uh, on Tuesday okay. because we have a 28 hour drive to California oh. <laughs> and so we need a way to like just sort of pass the time and I was like hey let's let's just do Facebook Live like from the record label page and right. like just talk to people about the record or, or whatever they want to talk about. Right. Um, so yeah yeah like the Facebook Live thing honestly is is so sick. for for bands to be able to, like, react and and talk with their fans and hear what they have to say. Yeah, I
0: agree. Are you a big film buff? Are you looking forward to anything coming out this year?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm I'm definitely, not only, like, do I love watching movies, Mm -hmm. but people always complain that uh, the superhero market right now is, like, oversaturated. Sure. But as a nerd, like, (laughs) as somebody who grew up reading comic books, Mm -hmm. uh oversaturation is bullshit I and <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't think that's a thing. Like even a bad superhero movie to me is still enjoyable because I, I love those characters so much. And so like, I mean, dude, there's so many movies coming out. Like Logan comes out while we're on tour. Yes. Uh, uh, and, and we're all geeking out about that. We're sure. definitely going to go see that. Um, Spider-Man comes out in yep. July mm-hmm. and I'm finally getting the Spider-Man that I've always wanted. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, we get another Star Wars movie in December, which is unbelievable. Every like, year you're going to get like two Star Wars movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. I, it's, it's unreal. Like that, that was the first thing I said. We, we saw the force awakens as a band, mm-hmm. uh, on opening night and we walked out and I was like, okay, so that movie was amazing. But also <laughs> let's talk about the fact that we're going to get a Star Wars movie every year, every year for like the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah. It's never going to end. It's totally fine.
0: Well, let me ask you this real quick because of what you just mentioned. So you actually got something out of Batman v Superman? All right. So here's uh, yeah, the deal. Exactly. Here's the deal.
1: <laughs> it had bad parts. I'm I'm not. I don't. I'm not gonna dispute that. I think the Martha scene was oh, like it's one of the worst. Borderline. <laughs> it was borderline hilarious.
0: <laughs> oh, I laughed out loud in the theater. Yeah. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. And and yeah. So I I don't think it was perfect by any means. Um. But that being said, I think seeing that dark of a Superman mm-hmm. uh, is very cool. I think it's I think it's a, a really cool and a really different way to portray Superman. I mean, obviously, you know, you you have like the death of Superman and stuff yeah. uh, where it gets like really dark. But um, as far as like mainstream media goes, I I don't think that a lot of people have ever really thought about that side of Superman. So I think that's a cool thing for people to see that aren't super familiar with comic books. Sure. Um, and also, for anyone to tell me that the Bat Armor is not badass I, is just flat out wrong. I will agree. <laughs> I agree with it's, that. It, dude, it's so sick. Like, it's so cool. And the fight is like, it's kind of anticlimactic. Yes. Very but nice. like, if you don't get chills every time you hear Ben Affleck say, do you bleed, you will, <laughs> then I just, I don't know, man, like, that That's just like, it. it's just, it's such a Batman thing. Like, it's so sick. I love it so much. I am disappointed, though. Uh, I, I just read from uh, comicbook.com mm-hmm. that Ben Affleck backed out of directing uh, the next Batman movie. I don't know if he's still going to star in it, sure. but I'm pretty bummed that he's not directing it. As long as it's not Zack Snyder, I think anything yeah, will be better. Yeah, like, that's the thing, man. I, I thought Man of Steel was cool, but like... I don't I, I just don't think Zack Snyder gets it. And that's no. that's like my issue. Is he, he just has uh, honestly, they just need to call JJ. That's what it yeah. boils down to. I, like, be fine with that. to. I I love JJ Abrams. Mm-hmm. Uh ever since I saw Lost, oh, I have I'm a sure. Lost tattoo. It's the only tattoo I have. Really? Um, yeah. What do I, you have? I love um so I have a uh, a palm, so it's a Sailor Jerry ripoff. Mm-hmm. It's a palm tree and a beach. Uh, but in the background, the plane is going down, ah. and then the smoke monster is wrapped around <laughs> the palm tree, right. and then it says uh, four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two under it. There you go. Yep, big right. big fan of JJ.
0: Well, let me ask you this then too, because I was a huge fan of Lost as well, and I'm sure you've talked about it ad nauseum with the ending and everything. But I think yeah, yeah. I love that whole series until you find out that they can't answer almost any of the questions that they brought up at the beginning
1: yeah yeah um there are things there that i like sort of took issue with but i think i i kind of forgot about them because there are so many big moments in the series for me that i was so excited about that like the things i had an issue with Mm -hmm. were just completely overshadowed by them um i think one of my favorite scenes in like the entire series is uh Uh, the pit of bodies Mm -hmm. uh, when you find out that he killed the entire camp. Right. uh, That's just like, at the time, you know, it's like 2006, 2007. uh, It's just like a really dark thing for television, and it was really cool the way that they played with it. And so, yeah, I I love that scene. But, yeah, uh, the the things I had problems with, just like with that scene, it just overshadowed those things so much. Uh, And then like everyone has a problem with the ending, but uh, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. I will totally tell you, I didn't have a problem with it
0: either. I actually liked what they did in yeah. that last season. The only part I had problems with is that the way they had made the show out to be was this scientific show that they were going to have answers to all these right, random questions. Right, right. Instead, they kind of fell on to religion instead, yeah. which is what, I don't know if you watch this as well, but it's what the new Battlestar Galactica did as well. They ended I up haven't having, watched that, Oh, okay. So. They were not able to answer the questions that they had brought right, up. So right, right, that's right. one of those things.
1: Yeah, I feel that's a valid complaint. You know, I'm not gonna knock you for that. I, I definitely think. I mean, everyone wants to go back to like the polar bears, but right. like you also gotta you also gotta think that uh, you know they wrote the first episode of this show thinking that it was never going to get made anyway. Right. Um. So I, I always try to just think about that, and then I also just remind myself that it's not my art. So like, you know. I've made a lot of choices that people don't agree with, and I'm sure there are things that we'll do in our music that people won't agree with. So um, I try to take that approach like to everyone's art, whether it's television or music or whatever. Right. right. I, look, I'm just excited I got to talk lots with someone. So. Yeah, yeah, same. it Every been time, a long time I bring it up, people are just like, oh. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? Oh. And they're just <laughs> like, well, this show's really old. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it like, doesn't take away from it. Yeah, it's yeah. Really it's really like, good. Well, we've all moved on to Netflix and I'm just like, okay. <laughs>
0: now are you a Stephen King fan at all?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna say I'm like a huge Stephen King fan. I, I don't know like all of his books or so, anything. Um, but I'm familiar with like The Dark Tower was like the first thing I ever read. Oh, you um, did read all the way through? Not all the way through. Oh okay. Not all the way through. Um I was kind of forced to read that by a friend of mine. Okay. And uh I, I'm glad because I I, I from what i've read i like it a lot mm-hmm. and i think it's a really like different thing for stephen king to do yeah i need to read it because i know they're doing like a television series
0: no they're doing a movie oh. it's coming out this summer oh it's summer. a movie now oh yeah matthew mcconaughey and idris elba
1: oh i haven't heard anything oh. about it
0: oh yeah it was supposed to be it wasn't projected to do well originally so they had it slated to come out this month actually but then really? apparently sony thinks it's going to be a huge blockbuster so they moved it to like july so it's coming out oh, this summer wild.
1: Dude, now I'm really stoked. Okay, yeah, because the last time I read anything about it was like maybe a year and a half, two years ago, Mm -hmm. and they were still talking about making it a TV series.
0: I think Um, they're going to do both. They're going to do a movie, then they're going to do a TV series, and then go back to a movie. They're going to continue like that trend to uh, tell all the stories, yeah.
1: Dude, very sick. Yeah, I'm stoked about that. Is that why you asked if I'm a Stephen King fan? Yeah, exactly.
0: And also, I mean, when you talk about having tattoos of things, I have Stephen King tattoos. So that's my... Big thing, but what book are you on that you were able to stop?
1: Uh, so it's just the first one. Actually. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, 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 just the first one. Um, I it, it's I don't even own it. Uh, I was given it was given to me to borrow by my friend Chase, mm-hmm. uh, and I got about eighty percent of the way through uh, before I ended up moving away and giving the book back, uh, and then it kind of just fell to the wayside. Uh, but I need to go back and finish it, and then I need to catch up, especially if they're doing the movie way sooner than I thought oh yeah
0: just because it's gonna be a whole summer blockbuster type thing in the kind of vein of comic books because they also did graphic novels for it too
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: no that's awesome well is that how you pass most of your time then being a movie buff you've also got obviously the band and then what did you say you do for work in between
1: uh so I work in downtown Chicago Uh, I'm a a bike messenger so I just like ride my bike all day it's sick well wait wait but the weather right now has got to blow uh it's not too bad. Okay. I mean I uh, 2 years ago we had like a really bad snowstorm <laughs> and I rode through that all winter so oh, pretty much anything that's not that is like totally doable. Okay. All right. Uh it's like 30 degrees right now and and like it's a little frigid. Your fingers hurt if you're not wearing gloves but like it's not too bad. Okay. Plus I just I literally just listen to music for like 10 to 12 hours a day so uh yeah it's way better than than anything else I think. Very nice. Well,
0: I think I just realized we've been talking for a while. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But oh, I did yeah, want no to, worries. Circling back to the album, I did want to mention, and I'm sure people have brought it up before when they've talked to you, but the album ends on such a note that I don't think I've ever heard before on an album. When you say, if I don't make it, at least you'll have these songs. And I think that's such a huge way to end this album. Where'd you come up with that idea?
1: So that um was actually like a very deliberate decision. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we kind of debated on for I I wanna say almost two hours. Okay. Um because we we weren't really sure how it could come off. Mm-hmm. Um and and we it, it's like one of those things where we wanted to be like all in or not at all. Um because it, it's that's like a tough thing to hear like just period you know from anybody so um we didn't want it to come off as like cheesy or or anything like that but what it kind of came down to is is i wanted to acknowledge that the reason that we wrote this record and like the reason that i said everything i said is because i needed to say it Mm -hmm. and you know if i don't if like the song says like if i don't make it like tomorrow or like next week or next year or or like whenever it doesn't matter uh i just want people to know that i'm glad that i said the things i said right and and so like that's why we 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 debated on it and and eventually you know that point was brought up and and everyone was like you know what yeah i i do agree i think that's like a really powerful thing to say yeah and it's it's like really cathartic I, i guess is like the best word
0: no absolutely it's almost like the album not only leaves you wanting more, because of course it does, but it also, where it could be seen as a finality, it could also be seen as a continuation as yeah. well. And yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to do it, and especially also to have the music continue a little while after that as yeah. well. Instead of having that just echo, it's almost hopeful compared to a depressing note.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's how I wanted it to come across. You know, I, I wanted it to be open ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want it to to sound as if this is it. Right. Uh, I didn't want anyone to think that after this it's over, wh- whether that's like for me or for the band or anything. I wanted them to hear it and to and to sort of understand that it's important to say what you need to say, and you should say it when you're thinking it like don't wait because you you don't you don't know like when when the next time you'll see somebody is or when the next time you'll have a platform is or or anything so like you should always say things now and not wait till later uh that's like such a simple way to say it but i I think that's that's really just like what it is to the core and that's like why i said what i said as the last line on the record no i think that's a great message absolutely And, and I do. I want to make it a point, uh, mm-hmm. just to, I guess, like lend some power to the statement. Um, the record was named that after that song was written, okay? Because, because of that statement, because we felt that that, that was like the most powerful phrase on the whole record, and yeah, I I, that, I, I just wanted to make that point because I yeah. I am trying to tell everybody I can because that's really important to me. You know, I I don't want people to think that we did it for like dramatic effect or right. like we had the name and then we were like, Oh, we better do this because that's what the record's called. Exactly. Um, it's, it's not supposed to be like some dramatic uh, theatrics. It's, it's, it's a very real statement and it means a lot to me. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad I said it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's a very good statement to make too, because <laughs> it had a feeling like the album title came from that lyric and not vice versa. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's good to put that out there as well. But I think that is a good place to end because even though I could go more in-depth into the lyrics of the rest of the album, other people haven't heard it yet, so I don't want to yeah. spoil anything. I sure. just wanted to make sure that everyone knew how good the album is. So let's go ahead and just bring everything full circle. If I Don't Make It comes out on February 17th through Invogue Records, You can do pre-order bundles now, and I will tell people they definitely should if you can do it, because this album is awesome. I'm going to have links in the description of this episode so that people can support you in every way possible. But for right now, what is the best way for people to support Ghost Key?
1: Uh, I mean, above all else, let's have a conversation. Let's have a dialogue. Um, This record exists because of the conversations I've had with my friends and their encouragement for me to be as honest as possible and I want to I want to reach out to people in the same way that they reach out to me. So um yeah, you can buy the record. That's super important obviously and like we uh, we would be endlessly thankful for that, but the best thing you can do is come to a show and come talk to one of us. Not just me. I'm not the only one in the band. Talk to every one of us. Give us your perspective, give us your ideas, tell us your hopes, tell us your dreams, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um Let's just have a conversation. I think that's great. So, yes, definitely go see Ghost Key. They're
0: going to be out on tour with Silent Planet, Day Seeker, and Hail the Sun. That tour starts in a couple weeks, right?
1: Uh, it starts next week.
0: Next week. There we go. Okay. Yeah, February 9th to March 11th. Very nice. I'm hoping to make it to the Worcester date in Mass. It just all depends if I can get a ride. That's my whole Please, thing. please, please do. I would love to hang out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome so i hope that everyone can go do the same thing for sure i was just blown away by this album we've been talking about it for weeks i know you might not be that great with compliments but it is (laughs) a great album my girlfriend
1: will tell you i'm definitely not good with compliments but (laughs) i I do appreciate it seriously a whole lot
0: you're gonna have to get ready for it because once people see you live they're going to be going back to the merch table to say things to you (laughs) and it's gonna be in person it's gonna be tough
1: yeah i usually just look at the floor and shake my head and say thank you there you go and I have to remind people that I just don't do, I'm not very good at this. That's good. I, I think they'll understand. Yeah. I think they'll understand.
0: Austin, thank you very much for being on the show. This is great. At some point when you get back on tour, we'll have to go ahead and do the movie podcasts at some point, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, dude, I would, I'm fully on
0: board. Because we'll do any of the new superhero movies that come out or something like that. That'll be good.
1: I'm sure once I see Logan, I'll be able to talk about it for days. Yeah,
0: I've heard nothing but good things. And I was worried about it, too, because I didn't think originally when I saw the very small trailer, it didn't really look that great. But the things I've heard and reviews seem like it's going to be really great.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I think they did right by it, but we'll see. We'll see.
0: Absolutely. All right, man. Thank you once again. This was awesome.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, man.
0: No problem. Have a good night, man. You too. Welcome back, everybody. That last track you heard was "Ache" off of If I Don't Make It. Obviously, we talked a lot about that on the conversation with Austin. I'd like to thank Austin once again for being on the show. I really enjoy talking with him, learning more about the band and his own personal journey with this music. I don't kid you when I say If I Don't Make It is a raw and emotional, melodic, hardcore album you should definitely, definitely pre-order it, pick it up, support Ghost Key. They really deserve it. It is a great album. And, like we talked about in the conversation, you should definitely go check them out as they open for Silent Planet. That's going to be another amazing tour. All the links you need to pre-order, if I don't make it, are in the description of this episode. There are also links there in the description to support Ian Hates Music, If you like what you heard, don't forget there is also a weekly show where my co-host Jackson and I talk everything going on in the scene and hopefully bring a little comedy to it as well. We hope you enjoy it. I'd also like to thank Taylor for helping set all of this up. It was great to get a chance to speak with Austin. I hope you all enjoyed it. You know I did. One last reminder, If I Don't Make It comes out February 17th through In Vogue Records. It is a really great album. We're going to play one more song. This is the next single, Solstice. And I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.
2: Yes. yes. So long I have avoided this Buried the thoughts inside myself Many choices by the things I've seen. All the wrong things in the right way Chasing a new perspective Now I know what it's like to ask
1: Play my old words in the winter
2: I'll my neck from this rope and time to Know, fulfill me no one goes you through. I can't rewrite my past. This is my end. to my own creation, a fire that's only fueled by my own pride. The flames of my past are enough to keep me warm. The same flame serves as a reminder about the cold.